with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about being a leader and a supervisor. We read What is Everyday Leadership and Why Does It Matter, published in Psychology Today 2020. Heather, the article mentions the importance of having a special project. Do you think you've had special projects now or in the past? I think I have along the way, and I think they tend to pop up for me. I usually call them my little passion projects because Mm -hmm. I know sometimes those projects are important to me and they may not be important to others. (laughs) One in particular that I really loved that I did with another colleague was we were working in a day treatment center and it was a brand new center, beautiful building, just great technology, so many great things about this facility. But all of the labels on the doors that kids were using were up high Mm -hmm. above where they could see. So you Mm -hmm. have kids that need to transition maybe from an art therapy room back to their milieu setting. The signs are six feet above their head. Mm -hmm. So we went through in one of our very special projects at that center. I I just said, we need signs lower. And then another colleague went, you're right. And we just Mm -hmm. started making them on our lunch break. We're going to laminate these. We're going to put them on. Well, we were part of a bigger organization and it just took off. All of their setups were similar to that and they weren't really kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. So it just turned into a bigger project than we were thinking. Mm-hmm. It was fun to do. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes a special project is really big picture. Sometimes it's small picture, but I think it makes an important difference. Right. I was thinking, or some kind of common for a play therapist or an, an organization that has play therapists, that someone kind of takes on, we must clean up the playroom and <laughs> right? organize it the same way every way. Or they right. like, like you mentioned labels, like creating a label for each shelf so that the next person and knows what's supposed to go on that shelf right. and just becomes somebody's thing. Like right. that's important to them that it happens. And it maybe does seem trivial to someone who isn't usually using that playroom, but it can become so important to the client, to th- the therapy, right. that things are put away in the same place or if they get lost, they get replaced, things like that. It's a good special project. I sometimes think my special project is something that I feel like I get on my soapbox over Okay, using a certain word or not using a certain word or maybe recently something that I could get excited about um, clinicians or other people for that matter saying things like eating disorders are about control oh I, <laughs> I can see how that <laughs> Let's correct that before we move forward. Right. It's not that simple. That's a passion project, right? Like it's something Mm -hmm. that like, you know, for you, for your clients, for the community you serve, that can be very, very wrong. That's Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. nicest word I could come up Mm -hmm. with. Maybe like the last time I addressed it with someone, I listened and then I, I said something to the effect of let's, can we talk about that a little bit? And said, it could be really minimizing of someone's experience. Right. Very good. That their eating disorder is about a lot of things. 
and not necessarily about control. Right. Sometimes those are my special projects, I think. Often we don't know they're coming or we don't realize how passionate we are about them until we're faced with them. Right. So we don't always set out with, I am going to find a special project today. Right. But it presents (laughs) itself and we take the opportunity. Right. That sounds like leadership. Yes. Something else that was mentioned in the article is mentoring someone. Now, Heather, when I read this, it made me wonder, do all supervisees, we're talking clinical supervisees, do all of those types of supervisees see themselves as leaders? I don't think so. I don't think that everyone ends up in that spot because they want to be. Oh, they might not have chosen it for themselves. And I don't think everyone does it well. Like the idea of a natural leader. Right. Not all people who are credentialed to be supervisors feel like they are natural leaders or want necessarily want to be a leader. Right. They could have been put there for a work situation. Mm-hmm. They could have, I mean, there could be lots of reasons that they ended up there. I mean, we hope that we all go into it wanting to create better therapists out there in the world and we have kind of this passion about it. But at the same time, I think sometimes you work at an agency or it's what's needed. And so you do it. Maybe work's paying for you to get that credential or it could be lots of different things. I can see that happening. When the eat- certified eating disorder specialist credential was just getting going, there weren't any supervisors. Oh, right. So lots of people were kind of scrambling to find someone who mm-hmm. could serve as a supervisor. And I think I can imagine that happening, that people were asked to be supervisors that might not have really wanted that or been interested in doing that, but they wanted to be helpful. Right. They did have the requirements to do that. So maybe it's a person who fell into being a supervisor and it wasn't what they wanted. Or what about it wasn't what they thought it would be? Right. It maybe was more intensive than they expected. Maybe just you became a supervisor thinking it was something different and then realized it really wasn't what you wanted. What impact do you think it has on counseling therapy as a profession when our supervisors don't feel like they're leaders or don't want to be a leader? I would hope that supervisees would find a new supervisor. I would, I've been in a situation not necessarily for work. I thought that person seems like they've got it all together, but they did not have the qualities that really were mentorship sure. or leadership. They just went, oh, here, project's yours now. Here you go. And I think situations like that, most of the time, if you're on the receiving end and you know what that's like to not have that good supervision, then you don't ever want to repeat that. So you'll go searching for what you need yeah. to fix that. I was going to say, I think that's hard for some supervisees to be able to label that or know that's what that is, right. that they've found a supervisee or a mentor that isn't a leader, doesn't want to be a leader, or maybe is not leading them in the direction they wanted to be led in. Right. I think that's hard for um, a supervisee sometimes. I would agree. Mm-hmm. It's a big shift that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked Heather, what happens when we have supervisees who are not leaders or don't want to be leaders? And I think we're saying supervisees are then left to figure things out mm-hmm. or have a harder time getting where they want to be. Right. The transition into the professional world might be a little uh, complicated mm-hmm. if they're not getting the supervision that is allowing them to grow. Mm-hmm. Heather, one of the other points the article made was the importance of speaking up. And they described speaking up as using your voice. Right. See something, say something. Mm-hmm. So what are ways that you think it's important for a supervisee to use, the, or I'm sorry, a supervisor to use their voice? Or maybe what are ways that you use your voice as a supervisor? I think it's important to speak up. Give your historical evidence. If you've already lived it, talk about it or mm-hmm. talk about what could change. Or when mm-hmm. I did it, it was this way. Tell me what you learned from it. Have those conversations that allow information to be passed down. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying complain about what happened. I'm saying don't let them fall into the hole. Mm-hmm. Don't let them fall too deeply mm-hmm. before you're going, okay, wait a minute. Let's back up. Let's yeah. talk about this. What it makes me think about is in the same way 
that I use confrontation as a therapist. I need to use confrontation yes. as a supervisor. And when I say confrontation, I'm saying it not in maybe the Webster's definition, right. but the therapy definition, right. addressing things, mm-hmm. bringing things to light. So sometimes that's in myself. Sometimes it might be in a supervisee. Sometimes it might be in a bigger picture organization. Right. Like I make sure that when the professional organizations that I'm involved in have an opportunity for to vote for board members. Yes. That I vote. Right. Or if they are asking for feedback on a presentation or a way that something happens within the organization that I take that opportunity right. to give the feedback. But I especially think so after an event, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's been a presentation or a gathering of some sort. I really try with my feedback to be specific. I mm-hmm. try and give specific things that were great mm-hmm. and then always try and add something they can build from. Now, I think that's true when I'm actually speaking to a supervisee. Right. They have, I don't know, crummy documentation and I kind of let it go or it's just not something I'm concerned with. That is a way that you might speak up and, and maybe have have a voice or maybe a supervisee is working for an organization that's doing something that doesn't seem client focused or ethical. I speak up or I talk to the supervisee about ways that they can speak up or what they where they can stand without losing their job. Like mm-hmm. what are the steps they can do? Mm-hmm. That's a very tricky part of being a counselor and they certainly can't teach that in school. Right. That is like <laughs> living it and learning it as you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heather, the final point our article this week made is the importance of volunteering. I mean, we could take that literal or we might take it in a less literal way. What are some ways that you as a leader and a supervisor might volunteer? Um, to sit on boards. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of boards aren't, it's not a paid position. Mm-hmm. So if you decide you want to pursue a position on a board, that can be a, a good, helpful thing. Also being active in your community. Even if you're not volunteering necessarily for something mental health wise, maybe you're out there volunteering because it serves the bigger purpose for your community. I find myself doing this in small ways, big and small ways, but smaller ways in my day-to-day work. Mm -hmm. It's been several years now, but I supervised a group or managed a group of clinicians and would occasionally, not every single time did I do this, but occasionally I was intentional about taking a task that I knew no one else really wanted to do. Right. Absolutely. Um, One of the eating disorder facilities I worked at, we had a two or three week rotation of lunches. Mm -hmm. And one of the lunches was the worst. Mm -hmm. And I knew everyone else hated having to eat this lunch with clients. And so I said, guys, put me on on the schedule. I'm going to eat that lunch every third (laughs) Wednesday or whatever it was. I wanted them to know that I would do that with them. Mm -hmm. A group that may be hard, a conversation that might be difficult, crummy lunch that no one else wants to eat that I'd be willing to do. Or I can even take it down to private practice as we're talking. Each of us kind of volunteers, none of us getting paid for any of it, but to do certain tasks that mm-hmm. maybe we're really good at. Mm-hmm. One of us is really great at doing bills. She fell into that role very early. One of us is really great at policy and procedure. We all kind of take a role because it's almost a second skill set. Mm-hmm. Maybe ways that we volunteer without even really realizing right. that it's volunteering. Yeah, a happy memory that I have. Working within an agency, the first day that we met was her first day at work. Okay. And she came in, she was introduced in our clinical meeting and she sat down. I think at the end, someone gave her or the keys to her office. And I knew, and I think other people in the room must have known too. Previously, her office had really just been a giant storage closet. Yikes. So I knew what she was walking into. And I think whoever handed her the keys said like, here, it's, you know, you're going to have to take some time. Right. Blank slate. (laughs) Getting it the way you want it. And I said, this afternoon, I can swing by and help you a little bit. Awesome. She and I have been friends since then. Later, she told me she had no clue Mm -hmm. how terrible her office was. Right. But then when she opened the 
the door, she went, we're going to be friends. Right. I'm going to be friends with her. (laughs) More and more, she appreciated that as busy as all of us were, that I volunteered and said, hey, I'll help you with that. I also knew there were lots of games and toys in there. So I wanted to see what kind of games and toys I might be able to pull out for play therapy. But I have have something that might help you. I'll clean out some of this junk. I'll take it. (laughs) But yeah, volunteering and different, those, those seem like small picture things, but I think that they can make a big impact. Yes. And I think it speaks to what kind of leader right. you want to be. I think it goes back to the article having everyday leadership. There's things that you do every day mm-hmm. that are, until you stop and examine them, you don't realize. That it all, all those little things make right. everyday leadership. Right. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.